Hey guys, welcome into the Bear With Us podcast. I'm Jack. He is Frank. Uh, Frank, you know what? We 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 gotta we gotta pause. We gotta restart the podcast because uh, I, I really want to make it dark. I just I want to go. I'm going on a dark sabbatical with my friend Aaron Rodgers, and we're gonna go hang out for for four days, just sitting in a house, and we'll come to a decision <laughs> on on what we want to do with that fourth with this with this podcast next week. All right, I'll have my decision. All right, two, two things. One, I had no idea where you're going with that. Two. <laughs> Your hand is so white that it did not get dark at all. All it did was brighten oh, up yeah. the screen. <laughs> I'm going into a white room. All right. <laughs> he is a strange individual, isn't he? I, like I, I, man, if I was a Packers fan, I'd be so sick of this shit. Because not only did you are you going through it now, but this is literally just a repeat of Brett, of Brett of the stuff with Brett Favre. It's, I also it's think I, the same fucking thing, man. I feel like if you were a Packers fan, what would have to get annoying is that like the winning, like he didn't win enough to like. To deal with this level of annoyance, right? Like you, he had plenty of success. I'm not trying to downplay that. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He's t- somewhere in the top ten, potentially even top five. But like, there's been more failure throughout his career. If you're a Packers fan, than there has been success because success is Super Bowl rings, right? Like, so for He's him to act this strange, didn't even make the playoffs. Like, not right. But, like, if this was Tom Brady, you'd be like, oh, he's, fuck, he's got seven of them, dude. Like, fuck it. Let him, you know, like, you're willing to, like, let things go for winners. That sure aren't like it, you know. There, there's a fine line between like being a, a a quack job and you know being like a winner that's just looking for the new motivation. It just it goes back to our conversation last week where he, we're talking about he's he's mad that the Packers are plan are making plans without him and they're you know not talking and and he's out there going into a house for four days to sit in the dark. Like what? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just it's. It's very strange. It's very strange. And and something else that was strange, Frank, was was hearing Matt Nagy talk again on, on Super Bowl. What do they call it? Super Bowl Isle or whatever. Super Bowl Row, Media Row, whatever it's called. Yep. Matt Nagy's at the Super Bowl, obviously, with the Kansas City Chiefs as their quarterback's coach. Um, not a bad little uh, consolation prize for not being the Bears head coach anymore. Uh, man, I could have gone an entire lifetime without hearing him talk again, Frank. I'm not going to lie to you. It got my blood. It got the blood boiling a little bit. I'm like, it, hey, just shut up. <laughs> so it, it didn't for me. And you know, it, it's it's funny that 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 was your sort of immediate take when we were talking about it because I, I forget what this had to have been three or four weeks ago. And I was going to ask you, like, are you still like, I don't know what the right word is because this is sports at the end of the day. We don't take it like that serious. But like, upset was the word that came to mind. But you know what I mean? Like, upset in the scope of like us as fans. Uh, you know, about Matt Nagy's tenure, because there was something that you said, I don't remember what it was, I'll have to go back and, and maybe try to find it, but I was like, man, he's still got some angst towards Nagy here. You know, it's, uh, it, it, you still got it. And this came up, and, you know, obviously the, the same feelings arose within you. Um, but I, the, my, my biggest thing was, he has absolutely mastered the art of saying a ton of words and literally saying nothing at the same exact time. Like, yeah. And, and there, there was actually a Twitter page. I forget which one it was. Cause I, I agreed with them and they were like, man, like this was poor reporting by CHGO. They didn't push back on anything. They just sort of let them go on with word salad. And like, they moved on. And like, part of me agreed. Cause I was like, you know, there was like, he didn't really answer anything, but the other part was this also isn't about his bears tenure. Like he's in the super bowl for a different reason. So I was like, ah, I was sort of back and forth, but I, I, I did agree with the, uh, some of the points that they made. Um, but yeah, dude, I mean, they asked him, like, I don't remember what the exact question was, but it was something like, do you regret not starting Justin earlier? And he, like, literally didn't say yes or no. He just went on this whole rambling of, like, whoa, that wasn't always in the plans, and some people aren't ready, and he may have been ready, but we didn't know. And it was like, dude, what? Like, yes or no? Dude, did you do you regret not starting him week one or, like, giving him the job, you know, like and, and having, having him get reps with the ones earlier? Like, he just, and, and but it made me also think, like, when, but besides his poor performance as a play caller, as a head coach with the Chicago Bears, when did that? When did it like switch of him becoming like the really cool head coach that he was in 2018 to like what we got in 2020 of like this super watered down, like never answers anything, super vague, like weird responses and weird answers to things. Like I wonder what that moment was because in 2018, like. He almost gave us like that Joe Madden vibe where it's like, man, like he's having fun in the in the locker room, like they're having Club parties Dub. and Club Dub and like all of this. And I don't know, like 
I mean, some people just say like the double doink absolutely broke him. And it, mentally, it may have. Like, I, it may have just put him in a dark place. I don't know. It, it's tough because, you know, the, the, the kick is obviously what we'll always remember from that game. But it should not be forgotten how bad that offense was. Like, we knew going into that game how, how depleted the Eagles secondary was. And I remember... I was I was sitting in the in the in the WBBM studios doing the producing the for the national broadcast the Bears Eagles game and I remember texting you why are they not throwing the ball more and to get to that fourth quarter and how many times did they run that post that post throw to Allen Robinson and it worked every and it was like dude, where where was that I think he was just overmatched and and I think the switch really happened Frank. We thought it could be interesting at the time, but when he started adding all of those coaches to the offensive, like the offense room, the like he had like just so many assistants, and it was like, dude, I think he was just looking for an answer that wasn't there. He was looking for, you know, what's the best way to make this offense work, and he just didn't have the pieces that he had in Kansas City. He didn't have the players that he had, so it wasn't as simple. And, and we know we learned a lot of things from his time in Kansas city where when everything was clicking, he wasn't even calling the plays. Yep. So that a lot of that was Andy Reed. So again, and, and to answer your earlier question, the, I would say that really the only reason that I still hold any anger towards him is he just felt like it, at now it just feels like he was just such a con man. Like he just, yeah. he just sold snake oil as this like super genius, like he was supposed to be the next Sean McVay. That was the whole thing. And he just couldn't do it. And then he, he, he acted, especially in the last year, like he was better than everybody. Like he was smarter than every, he fell into the trap that most, most bears coaches do where they just have to be the smartest person in the room. And he just would not relent that Andy Dalton was not, this should not be starting for the Chicago bears. And the question that you were referring to was, do you regret starting Justin Fields week three when he got sacked nine fucking times in Cleveland and it was the worst offensive performance in modern football, if not of all time? Probably not of all time, but it was that bad. And he, you're right. Well, people said it was like the Alex Smith situation and he was Patrick Mahomes and he was this and, and, and you know, and, and that and Andy was our guy and Andy was hurt and dude, just be real. Like that was the thing that that I still hold that like he just stopped being real with with the fans with the media he just tried to answer to like come up with answers he didn't have and that's why it turned into that word vomit because he you're right 2018 boom very direct here's what here's the plan here's what I want to do and then when it didn't work he was like well shit I, I don't know we'll figure it out we got to find the why still looking for that why. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it was a it was a very, you know, quick downslope for him. I mean, because even like once that veil got pulled off in 2019, like we started to analyze 2018 and you're like, man, that was not as good of an offensive year as we thought. But I mean, we were so deprived in Chicago of good offense that like, you yeah. know, an average offense as it sort of settled into being, but like the first, what was it? Eight or nine weeks. That was a really good offense. And we're like, holy shit, we're onto something. And that sort of clouded your brain in, in, you know, going into the second half of that year when they just weren't that good anymore. Like the, the NFL defenses had figured, figured him out, figured that scheme out. And he just never really adjusted beyond that. But to your point, I always think the, the biggest downfall was of him was um just being like, the smartest guy in the room. Like it, it was to a point where, I mean, he even like, there was one time, I don't remember, it had to have been 2019. He had said something. He didn't literally verbatim say this, but it was like, this is what it came down to. He was like, well, if we, you know, they asked him about like running the ball or more play action or something. He's like, well, that's what they expect us to do. And if they expect us to do that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have to do the yeah. opposite. And, and it's just like, wait a minute. No, that's not how this works, dude. Like when you get into that mind frame, because I was saying thing about Mark Trestman, like he just outthought himself because it was like, well, I have to like counter their counter before they even give me the counter to the thing I was supposed to do. Like you're so far in down the rabbit hole in your own head that like <clears throat> you're not you're not even considering that maybe we just out execute people on these plays instead of like combat, like having this battle plan for things that haven't even happened yet. Um, Matt, we're, there, there, there's, there, there were five guys in the box. Why didn't you think about running the ball? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> 
<laughs> they had they nine. Were gonna, they were going to sub right as we snapped the ball, and there would have been nine guys in the box right then and there. There were nine secondary pieces out there, Matt. There was two offensive linemen, or two defensive linemen, and one middle linebacker. The rest were safeties and corners. Why didn't you run the ball? Well, it's what they wanted us to do. No shit. Well, and 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 part of it too is like he was just so bad at identifying talent, like. We're still kind of reeling from the decisions that that Ryan Pace. Obviously, it's been one offseason, um, you know, barely that for for Ryan Poles. But like, you think about just some of the weapons that they even tried to like. Allen Robinson, good signing. Uh, Darnell Mooney was a good pick. It wasn't a great pick, as it turned out. He's still, I think, a good player, especially for a fifth round pick. I think that's great. Um, but like. They just didn't have any explosive players, and then they still don't. I, that that draft, that twenty that twenty eighteen draft, I think was a lot more important than it, than it we thought it would be. And and just Anthony Miller not being Antonio Brown, like that type of player, really really came back to bite them. They needed him to be a star, and, yeah. and they just didn't have stars, man. And after a while, like the messaging, you could tell kind of got old uh, for, for a lot of the players. They were just, you know, just going on losing streaks, going on winning streaks, going on losing. Like, he just did, he was just not it just wasn't the right time for him to be a head coach. They they the Bears. I, I loved the hire at the time. I thought it made a lot of sense. Um, just wasn't the right fit. And uh, I'm yeah. glad he's, you know, good, good for him that he. he you know, I was in the Super Bowl. I think that's that's a cool experience, I'm sure. But you know, I I, I don't miss him. I don't I don't miss him same as the Chicago Bears. Head. And I really you don't. know, I'll also say too though, I don't know if we would have loved the higher head. We had all the details available to us on day one. We didn't know that yeah. he wasn't calling the plays. We didn't know that the four games that he did call the plays that it was their lowest output. You know that that season, like it's so. You know, well, the, if you remember. One of the big, one of the big things, one of the big re- biggest reasons we were excited was because we heard that he wanted Patrick Mahomes. He was the one that was like all about Patrick Mahomes. So he's coming to the Bears, like, okay, he can identify quarterback talent if he can make it work with Mitch. Great. If not, you know, he'll he'll pick a good one. And I mean, he did at Justin Fields, but he just didn't use him. He just, yeah, I, I don't understand it. I, I still never understand. I really don't care anymore about Matt Nagy like if I never have to hear from the guy again I'm, I'm perfectly okay with that the only the only thing I would be open to is like a book or some sort of you know mini documentary if he would keep it 100% real like none of the word vomit just like that it would I'm always interested in that type of you know people sure. telling their experience and um whether or not he would ever admit he felt like he was in over his head but just like ta- talking about it and being real about it I would be down for it. If, if we hear from Nagy in regards to his Bears tenure and it's all of that I you can save it we heard all that already this is the same shit yeah. you set up on press conferences you know for four years well three yeah. and a half yeah and and hopefully this is the last will We'll talk about this tenure because now we can really get into the 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 real tenure of Matt Eberflus, and uh, I consider this season to be like a prologue, right? Like this season was sort of just getting everything and set up, and and you got your 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 protagonist in, in Justin Fields, and he's you know that like that's just such a huge bonus, man. Like <laughs> just uh, we we do got to talk about the Super Bowl, I guess I guess Frank, because uh, that's that's coming up, and that's a pretty big game. Um, and uh, we did promise we'd make our picks this week. Um, and then, uh, but I gotta be honest with you, this is like the most excited I've been to just get through this mm-hmm. week so that we can move to draft season and really start getting to, to talk about what the Bears are gonna do with their cap space because things will move quickly. Um, and, and so Frank and I really wanna go through the free agents, talk about what we think, you know, what we want to do, what they think they might do. Um, just get ready for another for draft day, man. It's gonna another be, quarterback carousel. That'll probably be the one of the first uh, off season topics. So that that happens faster and faster every off season. Well, you know, Tom Brady retired. Uh, yep. So that's one. Up. We'll we'll see if that sticks. Who knows? Um, <laughs> the Saints. It, it felt real this time. No, I don't know, man. It felt real last year. It made sense last year. It, I, I, I yeah. don't know. I mean, there's there's a lot of opportunities out there for teams potentially looking for quarterbacks. So I, I don't know. We'll we'll see. Uh, I know I think Derek Carr 
contract wise has to be the first because like certain contract guarantees and things like that kick in. So he might be traded sooner rather than later. I know the saints want to talk with him, which makes a lot of sense given his relationship with Dennis Allen. Um, so we'll see, we'll see. Well, it. And but, it makes sense for them because of that, but also because they're not, they're just never going to rebuild. They're just going to keep, yeah. they're just going to keep kicking the, the can down the road until they have like an, a winless season when they just have to like cut everybody for cap reasons. They have to fold as a franchise. And yeah, exactly. To, they just, they liquidate. I don't know. <laughs> what, 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 where, what, where would you move an NFL team right now? Um. Well, they have one in Vegas. That was always the big one. I would move one to Charlotte. Charlotte, North Carolina. It, well, they have one. They have the Panthers. Um, oh, that's right. Fuck. <laughs> I, that was a trick question. They move. The, you move it to Chicago. The Soldier Chicago Field? is going to need a new team. Yeah. Yeah, they're gonna yeah you're right. Uh, no, but uh, we do want to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl, obviously, being the you know the the whole point of the season is to get to the Super Bowl, and it should be a pretty good game. I'm actually I, – I think the game itself will be a ton of fun. Um, Frank, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, I made my pick quickly, and then I sat there and I looked at it. I went back and forth about three or four times, and I think I've landed on the team that I want to pick. Um, so – Let's just start there. Let's start there. Who, who are you taking in the Super Bowl, Frank? Jackie, I didn't. I didn't really go all that back and forth, to be quite honest with you. Um, I I thought about the quarterback battle, and I, you know, I think I think everyone knows that Patrick Mahomes is the better quarterback. But then the deciding factor to me was I don't think that gap is is like ginormous. I, I think you're probably talking about two top five quarterbacks at least, especially this year. Um, but you just look at the rest of the rosters. God damn. I mean, Philly to me, and I've said this for, I don't know, five or six weeks now, like they just seem like the most complete roster in the NFL. It's like they can beat you in a ton of different ways. Both trenches are very good. That's just how they built. They built through the trenches. And then, you know, adding AJ Brown to this was like that cherry on top for, for, you know, a, a, a playmaking offense. Um, I think the only thing they do probably not great is run defense, but the Chiefs don't exactly run the ball down people's throats. Jackie, I picked Philly, man. Um, I, I, I just think uh, I, the, the cherry on top for me was the receiving core for the Chiefs. I, I know Hardman's done. Clyde Edwards Slayer is back, but he's never been like super impressive um, as a running back. <clears throat> um, Kadarius Tony is is healthy, but who knows if he can play a full game? I mean, you have like Travis Kelsey and sort of every everyone else right now. And and for me, what that pass rush can do, and, and we know Pat Mahomes avoids a pass rush better than probably anyone in the league. Um, but there comes a certain point where your guys still got to get open, and that that was the big struggle against the Bengals. It was like he was evading and doing things, but like guys just weren't getting open. Uh, granted, he's going to have. You know, at least uh, I, I don't know. Do we know what's happening with Juju? I haven't heard anything about him yet. Juju and Kadarius Tony are both listed as questionable. Okay, right and I'm, I'm assuming if even if there's a twenty per, like they're feeling twenty percent, they're probably gonna fucking play. It's the Super Bowl. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, yeah. but so he's gonna have them. But man, it, it, it's tough for me to see. Like the, the the avenue for the Chiefs winning this game to me is Patrick Mahomes being the greatest quarterback of all time, which he's. You know, on his way to being in that conversation, no, no one would doubt. Ten years from now, we're having the the Brady versus Mahomes debate. But I look at the path of victory for the Eagles. There's a lot. There's a lot of victories. So, you know, they, they they run the ball really well when they want to. Jalen Hurts, the, the the sort of packages that they pull off with his ability with his legs, because like for you know is um as good of the as good of an evader as Mahomes is, he's like his straight line speed isn't crazy. He'll, he can pick you up a first down, he can scramble some, but it's more of like that, you know, Ben Roethlisberger running, like, you know, get you six yards, 10 yards, versus like Jalen Hurts is a real threat on the ground. So what they're able to do with RPO is just a little bit different. Um, and then when they just want to be a traditional pass offense, they have Devontae Smith, they have AJ Brown, they have Dallas Goddard, like they have, uh, they're, they're, there's to me, there's just more avenues of, you know, uh, a victory for them. And that was why I had to side with them. Jackie, who did you uh, who did you land on in your back and forth venture of this game? So, for every single reason, 
that you listed. I had originally picked the Eagles. That being said, I I think I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Um, and not just because I want to go opposite of what you're doing. But I, I have picked against the Chiefs, let's see, one, two, two times in this playoffs. <laughs> and I've been wrong both times. Um, I, I wonder... I'm not saying it will be a huge guarantee. It will not be a huge impact. Um, but I do wonder about Super Bowl experience. And a lot of these Eagles players, like the offensive line, they've been in the Super Bowl. A couple of the defensive players, I believe, as well. Maybe not. But um, I'm, I'm sure there's not a huge amount of carryover from that team to now. But, I mean, Jalen Hurts is, you know, he, he's he's still a young quarterback, and he didn't have to do a whole lot in the uh, in the NFC Championship game because um, you know San Francisco they just weren't you know they they didn't have a quarterback so they still scored points but you know it was it was tougher than I thought it would be at the beginning of that game that whole first half was just kind of a mess until like right at the very end um, and the Eagles just kind of took off from there. Um, I, I do wonder about that Super Bowl experience. Uh, Patrick Mahomes obviously has that experience, as does a lot of the offense and, and some of the defense players as well. Um, Injury-wise is my big concern. Um, of course, like you were mentioning, some of the wide receivers. Um, I know they're getting their secondary mostly healthy and a couple linebackers back as well. Um, they should play too. Um, it's just it's hard to, to bet against a team that is just – like the Chiefs have been impressive all all year round, um, and they've won when they needed to, and they've been able to win different ways too. Um, and I, I I really do want to kind of go off that quarterback matchup. Like when I when it I've, I've done it all year, and for the most part I think it's worked. Um, I'd have to go back and check, but when when there's that toss up, I I usually lean towards quarterback. Um, and it's just it's hard for me to pick against Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Uh, against a very a, a very good Eagles team, don't get me wrong. I, I I thought it would be an easy answer for me. I was like, yeah, absolutely, I'm going Eagles. But the more I thought about it, we hear all the time about the the experience playing into it. And and I'm curious, like, if the Eagles make a ton of mistakes early on, or they turn the ball over, like, how are they going to recover from that? Um, I I absolutely agree with you. There's uh, I, I can completely envision the Eagles winning this game. I just, I just, it's hard for me to pick against the Chiefs. I've, I've, I've broken the rule a couple times this year. I, I, I'm going to switch back. I'm going, I'm going Chiefs. I'm going to feel confident. No, I mean, about it too. it's, it's fair. And um, again, for me, the quarterback debate. I mean, it, there isn't a debate. Like Pat, Pat is the better quarterback, but that pendulum really swings when you look at like. Everywhere else, I, I just don't. I, I, you know, you look up and down these rosters and these depth charts. I don't know if there's a position group <laughs> that the Chiefs have outside of quarterback that is better and tight end, obviously, that is better than the Eagles. Um, if Chris Jones can go absolutely crazy again, but so, so, I, I, I don't know if I anticipate that because one, the, the Eagles' offensive line is just better than the Bengals, but two. Chris Jones and Frank Clark and all those guys, they took that Burrowhead shit to heart, which to me is a phenomenal thing. I love that. You come in with that chip on your shoulder, even if it was a little manufactured, but like that you you play with a different energy, you know, because of that. I don't know if you have that same amount of energy in this game. Granted, it's a Super Bowl, so like what, you know, what the fuck am I talking about at the end of the day? But that, I don't know if you can even match that because it's a Super Bowl. Like that was a very um, particular motivating factor in that game that I don't know if they can replicate uh, on the defensive line. But again, I look up and down that roster. It was just so hard for me to ignore the, that I felt like every other position group outside of those two that Philly had them beat. But let me say this though, Jack, forget like who we think is going to win the game. You know what has been really fucking refreshing to me is that, or, or, or maybe, maybe I'm just getting older and I'm like ignoring it better. There doesn't seem to be like these manufactured storylines going into the Super Bowl. And they had a perfect one with um, 
with Andy Reid playing his old team and like he just sort of shot it down early. He's like, look, there's no hard feelings there. My time just sort of ran out. Like I was there forever. I had a lot of success. I love the city of Philadelphia. I'm not going in here with it. And I, I genuinely, genuinely believe him. That was one of those, those, um, you know, those firings or, or mutually sort of parting ways, I think is what it was. I don't even think he got fired. Um, that felt like it was just, hey, like our time just has come. We ran it back and we ran it back and we made four straight NFC title games and we made a Super Bowl. Like, it just is what it is. It's time to turn the page. And he went to the Chiefs and continued to have success. Like, I don't think there was ever any sort of, you know, ill will there. So, like, I, I know they tried to poke and prod at that, but he had the same answer that he did at his opening press conference when he was the Chiefs head coach. He's like, nah, there is none. Like, we had good conversations and that was it. Like, we decided to part ways from that. And, you know, they, they, they haven't tried any of the, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't really don't think there are any. That's probably why. But, like, They've even tried to talk a little bit like legacy talk with it's like if Pat Mahomes loses this, is he out of the running? And it's like, he's 27, dude. Like, what are we, you know, like no, no one's really tried it. And that's refreshing. Just let the game be the game. Let things sort of happen. Like, I know there's been like the silly questions at Super Bowl week and such that are, you know, some people like, some people hate, but yeah, th- th- this has been, this was like the first Super Bowl for me in a while. Cause even like last year, think about it. It was like, well, like what if Matthew Stafford played his whole career with Sean McVay or like did this and that and like they tried to do ever like what his legacy would have been better like is he better than Aaron Rodgers and is he better than these guys and he was just like trapped on the Detroit Lions and it's like there's nothing there's none of that and I love it like let's just let the sport be the sport especially because the two teams kind of speak for themselves like these are I I I really don't think you could argue um or, or, or argue against, I should say. You could argue for, but I, I don't think you could argue against that these two teams are probably the best in the NFC. Well, absolutely in the NFC. It's not even close. The Eagles are by far the best team in the NFC. The Chiefs, I think a lot of people all year long thought this was the best team in, in the AFC until the, the Bengals really started getting on their, getting on on a run. Um, I, I, I you know, Buffalo obviously was the favorite early on in the season, and then they sort of went through their thing and then just really didn't get out of their own way. Um, I, I feel like it's been a been a minute since we've had the, the two overwhelmingly best teams in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, you have a couple good teams, obviously, that that sort of come out of nowhere and, you know, get in there. And it's it's I think that's great. But sometimes it's nice to see just like the best teams just play against each other. And I really think that this is going, going to be one of those games where it's just, it's not going to be that horrible Patriots Rams game where it's fucking, you know, one team can only score three points that, Oh man. The fault was the final score of that 13 to three or 10 to three. That was a gross game. It was, it was rough. And then of course the uh, Seahawks, Broncos game where there's (laughs) the fucking Broncos like 47 to 10. And that was ugly. Bad. bad, or I mean the the Panthers Broncos game was at least entertaining because of the defense, like the the defense that was being played. I thought that right. was pretty good. Still, kind of a boring game when you think about it. I I had a personal investment, of course, but um, yeah, man, I, I th- there's not really a whole lot of storylines, and I I kind of like that. Like I just Same. Want, like you said, I just want to watch the game. I just want to watch two really good teams go at it. Uh, uh one super young quarterback going up a I mean, he's not old, but he's already. I. It, it's hard not to say he's the most talented I've seen. Like he, I, that used to be Aaron Rodgers. That yep. used to be him filling that role, and Rodgers still. I think you could definitely make that argument, but man, it's close. It's Patrick Mahomes is doing things that. Yeah. Also, real quick, speaking of fucking former Super Bowl quarterbacks, Trent Dilfer, shut your fucking. Oh, mouth, we should have led with shut, that too. Shut your fucking mouth okay listen you won a super bowl that's great but let's not pretend like you did the damn thing all right it was the fucking defense that you right you didn't even start for the ravens next year so when you're coming out here talking about how the modern quarterbacks aren't impressive dude shut up shut up yeah and but you know what though i i didn't I only saw like that 40 second clip and this isn't me like putting a cape on for him because I think it's an asinine take regardless, but I would like to know if he gave his reasons as to why, because the weirdest thing to me was that he picked out, didn't he pick out Rogers and Brady to like as examples? Yes. Fam, they played in your era. 
what are you talking about? They, they transitioned into that era and they adjusted to what the game was today. Like, it's like, and again, it's not that I, I would have agreed more or, or less. I, I, I still think the take is stupid, but had he said like, oh, like Patrick Mahomes and Trevor Lawrence, like, yeah, they don't impress me. Like, okay, these are guys who, you know, are of this era. They didn't, they didn't start earlier than that. Like, this is the era that they're in. That was weird to me even that he used those two as an example because this isn't their era. Like, I mean, it still is because they, they were great through it, but they didn't start in this era. They started in the era where, like, running the football late was still the thing. Like, bell, bell cow running backs were a thing. Brady started, was it his first year, 2000 or 2001? I don't know if I'm looking at the quote again. He, he does say it. he loves Tom Brady. He loves Aaron Rodgers. I love these guys. It's not impressive. So I'm not sure if he totally means like he's those are his examples or if he's just saying like, oh, I Outside. like those guys. Oh, but OK. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, 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 I that can be the only answer to me because. Yeah. But but I don't understand how you watch Patrick Mahomes and regardless of any era he's playing in, you you don't watch just watching the throws he makes. How the fuck are you saying it's not impressive? It's I don't crazy. understand. It's you know, so but see, here, here's the thing though. Like the reason why I said I, I would like to know like what his reasoning was for him saying that, because I, I only saw that small clip. I don't know what that is even from. I don't know if it was an interview that he was doing or what, but um because I understand old heads when they say like, oh, the game isn't physical anymore. You can't hit the quarterback. I understand that sentiment. Granted, I don't agree with them having angst towards that because that should be a thing. Like so some of the calls are soft and maybe we need to shore up things. But like helmet to helmet contact, people fucking being knocked out on the field, that had to be eliminated from the game. That, that was crazy. Like that's not what the game should have ever been. Um, but it's like with the, defense never went away. Like, the, these all-time great defenses that still exist, you know, when you get one every, like, five years, you think of, like, LOB, you think of um, the uh, who, I mean, the, the Rams of last year, they weren't all-time great, but, like, look at what, they, like, they were still playing ball. Like, they're, they're giving up 17 points a game, 16 points a game. I mean, because... The 49ers they, this year. The 49ers Bears this year. That's what I'm saying. Like, the, these yeah. these teams are... The, the great defenses only give up 12 i mean like 14 16 17 like the defense is the still here like <laughs> and i i guess like the way that i'm uh, you know also thinking is like i understand more when when older people critique the nba when it's like you look up it's the end of the third quarter and it's 109 to 107 it's like fuck dude like defense is just completely gone like do i want it to go back to like straight half court offense maybe not but i mean give me a little something here i don't get what you have to complain about with the modern nfl because like defenses are still here they can't, you know, hit as recklessly as they used to. So if you have that complaint, I just don't agree with that complaint. Like, you can have it. But, again, to me, you had to take that out. Like, with everyone suffering from CTE, think of guys like Junior Seau who took his own life. Like, there were, there were real repercussions for that, those type of hits consistently happening on Sundays. You know what I mean? Like, not, not to yeah. get too too deep with it, but, like, that's why I disagreed with, with people who would be like, yeah, like, Ronnie Lott would never fucking, like, agree. Like, okay, dude, I get it. But, like... also. Yeah, I mean, I know you and I have had these conversations before on on this podcast, but like, I I hate. There's no conversation that bores me or turns me off more than talking about what players would succeed in which generation. I just yep. I can't do it anymore, Frank. We talk about it every fucking day with every fuck. Well. Babe Ruth, if he was playing today, you know, he wouldn't be hitting 105 miles. Well, he fucking didn't have to. All right. How about yeah. that? He was great when he played. Bill Russell, yeah, well, he probably wouldn't have won 11 rent. Shut the fuck up. It doesn't matter. Who cares? Like, yeah. literally, you're never going to have an answer to those questions. You, you, like, yes, Steve Young would probably be better playing in this era of football, but guess what? Who fucking cares? It doesn't matter. Yeah. You're never going to have that answer. Stop talking about it. Stop it. I thought the whole thing with Kobe, when it happened, everybody had made an agreement. All right, we're done comparing, guys. Wasn't that the whole fucking thing? That that lasted for like five days, Jack, and they were right back on first take fucking, you know, using his likeness. Dude, uh, you know what? That's what it was. And we didn't talk. I know we wanted to talk about this last week, too. Um, and, you know, it's maybe a little bit old and gone. But, um, man... These shows, I, I, the fact that every single show is like that now, every single show on ESPN is basically some form of first take or undisputed. 
Uh, you got Emmanuel Acho just out there running around, just spouting absolute fucking nonsense. Like, not to just pick on him, but like, let's pick on him, please. It, it's just, it's just all of these dude. Like, it's just all these shows are now. It's just who can say the craziest thing at a volume that makes your ears want to bleed. Yeah, and and you know, we we texted about this too, and it's like I know people have grown tired of Stephen A. and Skip, and, and rightfully so. But there's still a level of respect that I have for them because they were the first to do it. And honestly, and even if it wasn't organic, it felt organic, at least for the first few years. Where it was like, here these two dudes are, you know, they're they're debating. They're, you know they're going to take opposite stances. But it's fun. Like, it feels genuine. It feels like these are their real personalities. Versus someone, you brought up Emmanuel Acho, who just has this fake preacher vibe energy with the heat. Like... Everything he says, he tries to sound very profound and he's not really saying much like and it's, you know, I, it's but just like you said, that's everyone. Like, I think the only person who I, I do genuinely like two, two actually there, there's two that I like that are in that space or were in that space. Um, I don't mind Shannon Sharp. I think he's very entertaining. But again, it, it's because it comes off natural. Like, it's just yeah. he's clowning with Skip. And, he, and I don't watch that. I usually will, will, like see clips on Twitter. I, I don't watch the, the live shows or anything. But the other one that I really like was Max Kellerman, too. I, I think like they they would say they can say some outlandish things sometimes. But just like the, the shtick didn't feel as disingenuous as it does with someone like Emmanuel Acho. You know what I mean? Where it's like you're trying to 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 do so, or even like who who was the dude that I couldn't stand? Ryan was it Collins? He was a former NBA guy um, who was on first oh, take. It was yeah. Ryan something. Yeah, he hasn't I been know. on the air for a little while now, and I'm very very happy. But he would like fill in <laughs> on uh, on some of these shows, and he was atrocious. Yeah. Um, and and it's like. Yeah, it's 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 just an ugly. It's a stupid format. But but to to you know. Even in that scope, that's what I was sort of talking about earlier. Like, I'm glad that we're not hearing like legacy talk. And part of it is because these are two very young quarterbacks that everyone knows, like, no matter who loses this game, they have a whole career ahead of them that you know, they still have a chance to build, uh, you know, build their legacy. Because, um, like, I like even like dating back to Peyton Manning, where it's like, if he loses this one, his legacy's on the line here. And the so and so's legacy's on the line here. Every time Brady and, and, and Manning played each other in, in the cha uh, AFC Championship, oh, well, legacies are on the line here. It's never. And then, like, when Peyton wins his second, if he wins this one, Tom Brady's never going to catch it. Like, can we just stop? Like, what? why is legacy talk so fun for people? Because to me, that is the most boring talk of all time. Because you can splice things any which way that you want, when it, especially when you're literally talking about the greatest 0.1% of the greatest 1% of human beings in the sport ever. You have to split hairs so you can make any sort of argument that you want and like skew it your way. Like it's just, it's such a stupid conversation. And it's just such a stupid format, the debate format in, in, in that, you know, in that realm. It's just, it just feels like it's the only way people know how to like, like even want to go anymore like it's just like well we know it generates views we know it generates conversation so let's just let's just get them out there saying the absolute most insane shit you'll hear and it's just eh, it's just not for me if people, if you like it good for you it's just not for me um frank there was uh there was one other thing i did want to talk about regarding the bears offseason kind of just catching up from from last week because um, there were some things that came out uh, after our podcast was up um, that I, I thought would be would be kind of kind of interesting to talk about, and um, no no necessarily trade scenarios because um, you know we'll get into that a little bit more on on some future episodes while the off season is really going. Um, but there was one thing I did want to talk about, um, and there were reports that the Bears have have received offers uh, from two teams, and this was back on February second. Uh, for the number one overall pick, and neither team was the Texans or the Colts. Um, now, your initial reaction was that you thought it was a good thing. And for people who might see that and are like a little bit concerned, like, shit, like, you know, neither of those teams want to trade up. I really want those, you know, stay in that one to five range. Um, Explain why you thought it was good, that it was good that it's other teams other than those two. Well, it, so it harkens back to, you know, when we had the topic of like, well, the Bears aren't drafting a quarterback. Why in the world would anyone trade up for them? They have no leverage. This is that leverage that I was talking about. 
the two teams in question that had you know had not traded or, or started those talks yet, the Colts and the Texans, they had other obligations looking for head coaches. <laughs> like, of course they're not. They, they, they're they doing other things. So what are teams doing now? Hey, let me inquire now while, while we have, you know, while we have the floor. Let me give you an offer uh, and try to leap these guys while they're, they have other things going on with their head coaches and GMs and, and building out their, uh, you know, their, their full coaching room. That only adds more leverage. Hey, we got the, the Panthers that offered us this, this, and this. That's a further fallback we, that we don't want. Here's how you can top it, number two. Texans, here's how you can top that, Colts. I mean, you may not even be paying as much as them because we're not dropping as far. But now you're starting to put together trade packages with other teams. That's where the leverage stems from. And that's why everyone was like, oh my God, it's true. We're going to have to trade back to like 11. And it's like, maybe we do. But as it stands right now, that is a beautiful thing. You know, and 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 it's funny, Frank, that uh, you you mentioned the the fear of going back to eleven. And I'm I'm not going to lie to you. If they go back to eleven, I would be disappointed. Depending on what they actually get back, like let's say it's the eleventh pick, a second round this year, and a twenty three first next year. To me, that's not enough to move all the way down from one to eleven. That's a lot of that's a lot of, of spots to go down. What I will say, though, is, you know, it almost puts you in a better position depending on getting a wide receiver, which is really ultimately what I would be super happy if they came away from this draft. I would love a defensive player like Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. We've talked about that a lot. The pass rush is definitely a huge need. But if you go down to that range, 10, 11, 9, somewhere right around there, you can take the first wide receiver off the board. I'm just using, you know, every mock draft I've seen, you know, wide receivers aren't usually going until like, uh, until around like 12 to 15, like right around that range. So if you're, if you move back, it, it's not going to be, you know, you're obviously not drafting the, a wide receiver at one overall. That's just not going to happen. There's no wide receiver to do that with, but it just gives you some more opportunities. So you're absolutely right. The more teams that are interested in that number one pick, the better, because you're going to start that bidding war. And you can now pick, like you said, the best possible offer for your team. Like you said, I, I, I think four is still the most likely target if the Colts do trade up. But you you make a great point. They don't have a head coach, right? Chris Ballard's focus right now, I'm sure he is thinking about what he wants to do for the draft because coming up right uh fucking i think the uh uh the combine is is this month isn't it isn't it usually in it's usually in a couple weeks after the super bowl yeah yeah so things are going to move quickly but you're right they don't have a head coach so he doesn't have anyone to bounce those ideas off of other than you know jim ursay who you know who knows what the fuck's going on in that brain but yeah, i know what's I, going I into that brain a lot of via drugs. the nostril yeah via the, <laughs> well we can't say that he might, he might, he might come at us hard about that. You know, who knows? He can inherit my debt all he wants. If he sues me, all he's going to do is take on my student loans. <laughs> well, he'd pay that off in like what an hour, probably. Yeah, that makes me sad to think about. But anyways, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a really good point. Um, I thought it was interesting that it hadn't been the Texans or the Colts until you brought the fact that that fact up that they don't have coaches. So, um. No man, I'm 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 ready for the Super Bowl to be over. Like this is you and I were talking about it before the podcast started. Like I I can't remember an off season going into an off season being this excited. Like people, you know, I I had brought up maybe like 2019, but even then, like it, it wasn't exactly exciting because the expectations were raised and they didn't really follow it up with like a ton of moves. Like we didn't have, you know, the bears didn't have a high draft pick. They didn't really make like any super crazy signings or anything like that. The bears start everything. Everything starts with the bears. Yeah. And that's exciting, man. That's, that's really, really exciting. Um, I know we wanted to talk a little bit about free agent stuff. That's going to be a, a future podcast, of course. Um, because, you know, I, I keep seeing people, Frank, talking about how that that hundred million dollars has to be spent. Has to be spent. I disagree, and uh, we'll, we'll that that's what you call a tease for a later podcast. 
Um, Frankie, I think really the last thing I wanted to talk about was was Robert Quinn. Um, just bringing it back to the Super Bowl a little bit. Um, yeah. I don't know if you saw uh, Robert Quinn saying that he was uh, he was hurt. He was frustrated. He was upset that he was traded from the Bears. Um, what do you think about Robert Quinn saying he was pissed that he was traded? Um, I, I, I get it. Because you remember when we were you know, uh, in the offseason going into the preseason and regular season, we said we would prefer Robert Quinn to be traded. He just, he's coming off a record-setting season as a Chicago Bear, try to get as much value out, of, value out of him as possible, but he had never requested a trade. I don't think his goal was like, hey, like, I want to win now. Like, I'm, I'm getting, I'm only getting older. Like, you know, he wanted stability. Like, he talked about that. But like, when he signed the contract, when he signed that contract with Ryan Pace and the Bears, he was like, hey, I, I'm probably going to retire here, man. Like, th this is it for me. Like, he, as an older guy, realized, like, I don't have that much longer. This was my last big contract and that's it for me i'm gonna ride this thing until the wheels fall off and i understand it you know you're, you're, you're a vet granted i'm sure he's not mad that he's in the super bowl but just like that instability i, I think the, the things that he was talking about were things that we don't take into consideration very often when we talk about these trades is his family had to move kids are in a new school system now like things are happening who, who knows what his living situation was in chicago maybe he didn't have a house yet maybe he's looking for a house maybe he just closed on a house you know what i mean like so much shit happens in your personal life as a, as a professional athlete that we don't take into account. So I understood his frustration for sure, but I also think part of him, I don't know if he touched on this in the article or not, or in the interview, but part of him had to understand why it happened. Like, I don't think he was frustrated at like, man, like I shouldn't have been traded. I should still be there. It was more of like a human thing of like, damn, I have to move mid season. Like this sucks. You know, like it's great that I'm going to a winning team, but like got to pack up and move everything. What was it? Week six or whatever middle of the year, you're not even getting a full, you know, off-season program with your new team. Like, I understand the, the frustrating elements to that for, I mean, what is he, 36? I mean, 34? I mean, he's he's older. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say, like, Ryan Poles won that trade, right? He got a fourth-round pick oh, for yeah. a guy who, who, did, who had one sack all season and, and didn't do anything in Philly. And I don't know, man, for him to say he was furious about, like, for me, everything I, I agree with everything you said up until he he'd said in the article, he said, especially after breaking the record, I thought that would help me. Like he thought he would stay here. Is that what he thought? He had, man, come on, dude. Like read the you got it. He didn't show up for the mandatory minicamp. Fine, whatever. We talked about that. You yeah. and I were not worried when that happened. Showed up to everything else as he was supposed to. Was a very good veteran presence. Um, all, you know, a lot of people talked about how upset they were when, when he got traded. Uh, on the on the currently on the Bears, but I mean, come on, man! Like we're being realistic about about what value he had to the Bears, and it just was minimum. It it really it, he wasn't making an impact, and they made the decision that was best for them. I'm gonna be honest with you. It 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 makes me more. It it makes me respect Ryan Poles even more. Oh, yeah, where he's just doing what's best for the team. He's not necessarily worried about. You know, and, and it just it goes in the face of what we've been told about this Bears franchise, about how they like to operate uh, just with that in, internally with their own guys. I mean, how many times have we talked about just in general, the Bears fall or just Chicago teams, really just teams uh, falling in love with their guys, their own guys, just not like Waldang, for example, could have been traded for Kobe, that type of stuff. Like, they just, it happens time and time again. I'm not saying Robert Quinn was, like, a homegrown guy. He obviously wasn't. Um, but I think I think trading him, the writing was on the wall. And it was just surprising for him, to me, for him to use the word furious about how it all went down. I just, I don't yeah. quite understand that. Well, I mean, I, I also think um, it's hard to even point to his performance because had he had, like, eight sacks at that point, we would have probably gotten a second. Like, he was still leaving. You know what I mean? Like, there, yeah. I, I, it just didn't make sense for him to be on this team, you know, at, at this stage of, um, you know, of the new regime and just the development of everything. Um, yeah, maybe Furious was a, was a different choice. But again, like, just see, seeing some of the things that he was talking about, I, I, I get it because I do remember his sentiment when he signed here of, like, this is sort of it for me. Like, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I want to win here. And that was it. And I, I genuinely believe in them, and I, I then, and I, you know, believe him now that the process is a little bit frustrating. But I, I agree with you all ultimately with polls. That was the, that was my takeaway with the Roquan Smith situation. I was impressed. Yeah. Like you have a guy yeah. who the fan base fell in love with, a guy who 
you know, was drafted here, we saw develop here, and he just was no longer a fit, and especially not worth the money that, you know, he wanted, at least in this new defense especially. Um, so for him to be able to put his foot down like that is very impressive. I will say I reserve the right to rescind that feeling, though, because I think it's easier when it's not the guys that you drafted. I, I, I want to see once things start to go wrong, because it's going to happen, every G, whether you're a good GM or a bad GM, or there's a signing, or a draft pick that doesn't work out, and if do you stick with him? Do you double down on that pick over like an undrafted guy or over a guy that you signed for cheaper? You know what I mean? Like that's when I'll sort of put that cherry on top of like, yes, Pose has that in him. Because even like, you know, we we thought that of Pace early on. Like, man, like he's you know getting rid of these guys and Pernell McPhee got rid of, but then like he fucking extended Tyree Cohen for no reason. Like, and, you know, extended everyone after one good year. Like that's just not good business. So. I, I reserve the right to feel the way I do now, but I also, you know, the way that we do, but I also reserve the right to be like, hey, maybe we were wrong um, about that, depending on how we, nah. he treats guys who are nah. failing. We're not wrong. We're never wrong. We fucking better not be. I've never, I've never been wrong on this podcast that nobody could prove me otherwise. No one. God damn it. No one. Yeah, I mean, you did, you did think Patrick Mahomes is a second round pick coming out of college. And you had him going to the Bears in the second. Uh, that was that was the way people were talking about it, man. I I didn't know what I was talking about back then. Dude, have no you clue. seen? Have you Dude, seen? I legitimately had never heard of Mitch Trubisky until draft night. Come on. The only so I, you know what I, my, my opinion there or like my my view there is a little skewed because that was my first off season in dynasty football. So, like, I was, like, deep, like, gathering prospect lists, and he was at the top of all of them. And I, I literally didn't, like, I watch a tad bit of college football now, but I literally didn't watch anything. I don't know when, yeah. at that point, 2017, the last time I had watched a college football game had to have been, like, 09, 2010. Like, date, dating wow. that far back. So, I kept seeing him on these lists. I'm like, okay, watched a little bit of film, sort of liked what I saw. I, I, I didn't, I didn't under, like, have the magnitude of, like, he didn't play competition, or, like, he didn't go as far as Deshaun Watson, like, had that sort of success. It was like pure film. And again, like that was the tricky thing is like if you only went off the film, he looks like an NFL. He's 6'3", 230, 24. Like he looks like an NFL quarterback. You know what I mean? Like that's what's deceiving about the whole thing. Um, so it's very weird. That was a weird time for me. I would love to go back into those days um, and, and really kind of do kind of do what we do now. Um, or even, you know, the last couple quarterback drafts where we've, you know, really looked into it. Um because I'd be curious about how comparable he would be to like Zach Wilson's rise. Because Mitch Trubisky, I, I watched college football at that time. I knew Deshaun Watson, I knew mm -hmm. Patrick Mahomes, but like they were playing on the big stages. I I had never seen North Carolina. I didn't even hear about Mitch Trubisky until uh, until draft season. So it was just I, I'd be curious like how I'd feel about it now. Um, but, uh, yeah, Frank and I are going to do what we typically always do and kind of rank our, our quarterbacks and running backs, wide receivers um, going into this draft. Um, you know, as the process goes a little bit more, you need to know, you know, who the Bears might be taking in the second round or who they're maybe trading back to get that type of stuff. So um, we'll get into that a little bit more. Frank, I, I really hope this is a good game. Um, I think it will be. A, I, 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 it's hard for me to see it not being entertaining yeah. at the very least. Um, should be a good one. Um, and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll we'll keep an eye out for Bears news. Um, Offseason moves pretty quick once it gets started. So it hopefully does. we get some, some stuff very fast. But uh, we appreciate you guys listening to the Bear With Us podcast as always. I'm Jack. He's Frank. We will talk to you guys next week. Later, Jackie. Later, everybody. Suck my oh, shit. That was the wrong one. Everybody love everybody! That works, too. Talk to you next week, guys.